This podcast is offered to you by Zen Center North Shore on the web at www.zencenternorthshore.org. This program is made possible by donations from listeners like you. Good morning. It's very nice to be here with you, with all of us. Let's see, we've got, um, you guys want to unmute and just say your name? It'll be, yeah. Hi, Luciana. Hi, Luciana. Hey, it's Chris. Hey, Chris, feel free to say hello. Hi. <laughs> and then I'm not sure if Wangari's immediately. Hello. Oh. And Wangari here. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so a minute ago you could see them, but you can't see them now. So do you mind saying your names? Emily. Emily. Good morning, Ivana. Ivana. Julia. Julia. Wayne. Wayne. Mark. Mark. Barry. Barry. Seitetsu. Seitetsu and Joan. Okay. Uh, So here we are in this beautiful space beautiful space and you know i was thinking it's like it's like you know entering a new relationship remember how that is when you enter a new relationship it's a little awkward and everything feels really pronounced (laughs) like oh my god my feet look like that (laughs) so it's this is we're finding our way this is a process It's a process of intimacy, a process of awakening, a process of enacting the truth of our interconnectedness with each other as human beings, with, you know, the beings that are not human, like zafus and chairs, and that bird. So I had the thought this morning, so there are beautiful birds, wonderful bird song here, maybe you can hear it on Zoom too. There was one bird Uh, Do you know which one I'm talking about? (laughs) Really persistent. This was a while ago, first period of Sazen. Really loud and really kind of insistent. And I had the thought, so this morning I wanted to talk about Shikantaza. And it's a beautiful opportunity to talk about Shikantaza because here we are in this new relationship. So this bird was so loud and so like kind of insistent, I had the thought, okay, Uh, because I caught myself going, hmm, can something be done about that bird? (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, do we really need the lights on? Oh, do we need the windows open? Is it warm enough? Is it too cold? Do we need, you know, what do we need to create an environment where we can settle? And so when that bird went off, the first thought I had was, huh, you know, And so then the next question, so the first question you could say is kind of a question from the realm of samsara, the realm of, you know, impermanence. We're not in control. Stuff happens. (laughs) And then we deal with it. The next question that came to me was I, I would say, could be, you know, from the realm of nirvana or just dharma. 
just simply dharma, meaning it's all just practice. It's the practice of shikantaza. That bird, so here's the question, is that bird a distraction? Is the incessant sound of that bird a disturbance to our zazen? <laughs> it's hilarious to think about that, right? A bird, you know, being in our way. But how about, what's, what's different between that and the rumbling of someone's stomach or the deluded thought that, oh, I can't sit cross-legged or, oh, everybody else looks so calm and I'm such a hot mess. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the difference? Is that also those thoughts that we would call delusion, are those also a disturbance to your zazen? Are they a problem that we need to do something about? The answer is no, <laughs> in case you're wondering. <laughs> it's, so from the point of view of shikantaza, shikantaza, it's a, it's a Japanese word. I don't know if regular Japanese people walking around would know what, ja what shikantaza means. It might be a temple, a, a Zen, Japanese Zen word but it's a very important word. It's what we just did together. Just sitting. And this just sitting is the Dharma gate to repose in bliss, not just for us as individuals, but for the whole shebang. It's called enacting social justice, enacting racial justice, enacting economic justice, and not enacting justice. But do you notice that we didn't get stressed out over it? I hope you didn't. Because really, once you showed up, however you showed up, all you did was show up and sit down. We could talk about the invitation to, once you showed up and you sat down, to just open and stay. <laughs> Open, 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 open. Stay, 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 stay. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about with these forms that we have now, you know, like that we can use the Han now. I'm pointing over there because it's over there. It's outside. It's the wooden block. Did you see it when you came in? Did you hear it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that Han, it's a wooden instrument whose purpose, when you hear it, is to call you to the zendo, to call you to zazen, to call you to shikantaza, to call you to show up, sit down, open, and stay. And open, 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 keep opening. And the words on the Han, great is the matter of birth and death, life is fleeting, gone, gone, Awake, awake, each one. Do not waste this life. That's shikantaza. Shikantaza is like, you know, a way. I don't know, it's not the way, but it is a way. It's a way to meet the great matter, what we call the, the great matter, the great teacher, 
of birth and death, the great teacher of impermanence, the great teacher of our vulnerability. So, you know, when you get out of your car and you hear the Han, your body, let your body already be practicing shikantaza, already opening to the sound of the Han. If you get here before the Han is starting, which is 10 minutes before Zazen, then stop and look at the Han, read it. Then let your body, let your eyes receive, practice shikantaza. But, you know, it doesn't have to begin with the Han. I was thinking, you know, when does shikantaza begin? You know, Sunday mornings, for instance. Does it begin when you park your car over there, turn off the ignition, you know, open the door and you're in this environment? Are you like, oh yeah, okay, shikantaza, now, now I can open. I'm happy to show up here, I'm happy to open up here. Because it's so nice. But can it happen when you're getting into your car to drive over here? Can it happen when your alarm goes off and you wake up? Can it happen Saturday night when you're going to bed and you're thinking about coming to sit Shikantaza? Do you get where I'm going? <laughs> when does it start? When does it end? So here, in a place like this, it's just a massive, fabulous, even on Zoom, I think it's pretty photogenic, it's Zoom-genic, right, this room? Uh, it's such a support for, oh yeah, okay, shikantaza. Let me practice this. And by the way, we call this the Dharma talk, and you may think that I'm giving the Dharma talk. But when did the Dharma talk begin, and who's really giving it? You know, at least discernibly with this group, I felt it happening when we were walking in meditation, when we were practicing kinhin, walking meditation. You all were expounding, we all were expounding the Dharma with our bodies. I know the tendency now that for those of us off Zoom and in a bigger room, want to move through the space, but still, it's only a half step. You're not going to be going so fast. Mark, you were setting a really good pace. Did you notice there was like a football field opening up in front of Mark? It's that slow. Maybe you remember, maybe you've been practicing it in the last couple years. But um, just a half step, slow it down. Someone said, maybe it was you, Barry, on Friday in the community Zen, one thing you noticed was, someone said the millions of muscles, did they say million? yeah. millions of muscles or, you know, bones in the feet. It's wondrous, all that it takes, all that's actualized to take one step. If we, it makes me want to cry, if we start to open to that, it's so deeply moving. That's the invitation of slowing it on down, you know, to feel it, that one step. So 
So it's, it's like the Egyptians, <laughs> you know? So just like a half step. See how my heel <laughs> is in line with the instep, you know, halfway of the other foot. <clears throat> okay. And then feeling simultaneously, give yourself a chance to notice. Oh, I'm slumped. And then go, oh yeah, okay. To notice, oh, I'm holding my breath. Why am I holding my breath? Ah. As I'm moving. Because there's a lot going on. There's all those muscles in the feet. And then there's, you know, the awareness of where, you know, like I'm interested in compensation. I'm interested in when I take a step, what happens in my jaw, <laughs> for instance. Like I had a chiropractor in San Francisco. It was crazy. This was like 25 years ago. Maybe it's like everybody does this now. But to give me an, it was when I was dancing. And so we were doing, you know, the modern dance I was doing was called the release technique. And there was a lot of falling and jumping and catching and it was, and rolling on my back. And so it was hard on my lower back. And so I would, I would, go for adjustments occasionally, chiropractic adjustments. So in working on my lower back, he would put his thumb in my mouth. Have you ever gotten an adjustment like that? It was amazing. And it was like, <laughs> from the roof of my mouth, all the way down to my, my sacrum. Very interesting. So maybe that's what comes up when I'm walking in Kinhin and I'm going, oh yeah, so I've already established the Dharma of one step at a time. And again, my point here is expounding the Dharma with your body. I've already established, okay, this is what is happening with the feet. So now what's happening with the back of my neck? Oh yeah, why? Why am I tightening? And if I notice when I'm walking, if this is starting to happen, tucking the chin, I love in walking meditation, walking with an awareness of what's behind me and who's behind me. I felt the Eno sneaking up on me, <laughs> especially when I rounded that corner. <laughs> that, it is beautiful. You know, when we talk about in Kinyin, it's a group practice of noticing the distance, the one in front of you and the one behind. It's like a check-in. When we're sitting, even when we're sitting in a group, we might think, okay, here I am sitting. We might not see it so much as a communal sitting. But when we're walking, you know, the more sensitive we get, the more open we become, the more we see, the more we noticed. We, we can notice, you know, whether or not we're moving as a group. I don't really know how this happens. But I do know if we keep showing up, a critical mass of people keep showing up on Sunday, we find our groove, we find our rhythm. Off we go in our new relationship with the space and with each other, one body. It's very satisfying to feel that. So this is how in the Zen tradition, these forms, the specificity of the forms are meant to free us. They're meant to reunite us with each other, with that one body. Not to tyrannize us. Oh, you're doing it wrong. 
it's not that you're doing it wrong, it's just that maybe you're missing out a little bit on that one body opportunity. Um, okay, now that Sitetsu has shown me the mobility that I, I'm, I'm going to want to move a little bit here. So I'm going to stand and I'm going to stay where you are for the moment, but I want to just, I want to just show a little bit the bowing because some of you maybe haven't seen the full body bow yet and maybe you've been wondering. You've seen like bowing from here up. Yeah, and then for those who are new in this space, we practice bowing in this space. We don't practice bowing at the library on Fridays. Uh, so this is, a, this is a big leap. This will feel like religious practice. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and again, it's just expounding the Dharma with the body. It's about, maybe for some of us, starting a relationship with our own body. Maybe we've been living our lives in our head, including if we've been meditating. Meditation can be a total mental experience if you don't check it every now and then with bowing. <laughs> there are other ways to check it, but this is certainly one way. So let me just show it, and then there are a few things I want to say about it. Okay, so I'm going to stand, and I'm going to turn you guys around. You might want to close your eyes. I get dizzy when this happens. <laughs> okay, here's the bottom map that I'm using. So when we're bowing, so I'm wearing this robe, so it's a little bit, oh, I could actually turn it on one of the senior practitioners. Maybe I will do that in a moment, if you don't mind. <laughs> and, uh, okay, wait, let's see. And then you can see without all the robes, what's going on here. Okay, but basically, yeah, you begin with your hands in gasho, hands palm to palm. You bend and it's very important to be bowing on something cushiony that's going to receive you you bow just a half bow here and then i'm going to gather my robes you land and in order to do that safely with the knees you can engage your abs to control your descent see it's very it's very um physical here which is not separate from religious. Bow here. If you want to use your hands, you can put your hands down. And then, oh man. Okay, now that I'm down here, this is the part I wanted you to see. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want it to be a disembodied. Okay. Uh, uh. Now, hands, palms up, flat. Rest the forehead. Enjoy that. Mm -hmm. It's a micro nap. <laughs> it feels so good. Raise the palms, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, lower the palms. Come back up. Okay. One more time. Gasho. 
out here. Engage the abs. Palms up. Rest the forehead. Raise the palms. Drop the palms. Come back up. Okay, let's practice it together. Um, I'd like to turn it on someone. Someone who, let's see, maybe Seitetsu, you want to, I know you're wearing robes, this is new, so check out Seitetsu. So you can see Seitetsu do it. All right, that's good. Yay. All right, so let's just practice this and then we'll talk about it. Because I noticed when I first bowed, I was like, whoa, what's going on? What would my mother think of this? It's weird, you know? But it's also deeply enjoyable. And it's another new relationship to begin. Okay. Rest here. Really land. Feel it. Raise the palms. Lower the palms. Come back up. Let's do it twice more. Release, drop, land, and rest, and then raise the palms, lower the palms, come back up. Okay, now your own internal experience in silence. for that. are dangerous. Have you noticed they're so springy? I feel like I'm going to spring back if I'm not, if I'm not uh, <laughs> grounding myself, I guess is what it is. Okay, so first of all, any question, anything or observation, or as Kaz Tanahashi would say, complaint. <laughs> Maybe not in, indulging the complaint too much just yet. Just because as a new relationship, just giving it a chance without being too judgy from the get-go. <laughs> yeah, anything come up for you? Or what did you notice? Or how did it feel? Doing it. Or seeing it. Yes, Luciana. Um. For me, it feels like a full workout right now. I need some practice. It's a little clumsy to me, like going on my knees. I was like, whoa, wobbly. Um, but because of that, I think it becomes more intentional. You have to be there and slow control. Needs a little more practice, but I can kind of see how it helps ground you a little bit. You have to be there to control it, you know? Love that. Yes. Yep, you have to be there. Everybody heard Luciana, right? Yeah. You have to be there. And I also think that an important part of this, especially in the full moon ceremony when we're doing tons of bows, it's like there's a quality to it that's unrelenting. Perfect. 
there should be a quality of like, wow, your hair should be all over the place if you have hair. You know, I'm constantly having to adjust my quesa here. It's like, whoa, life is messy. <laughs> and here I am. That's very important. That's a very important point. That's the training. We're not practicing here to try to manipulate reality and try to find some other way to control the world. Some of us may think that. You know, if we fall into thinking that meditation is a technique, we can fall into that mindset that, oh, yeah, I'm practicing. I'm. You know, I was, I was going to say, I'm okay, I'm safe. Well, yes, you are, and you're vulnerable, and you're still going to die, and you're still going to get hurt, and you're still going to hurt. And then what? That's Luciana saying, but I'm here. And that, the other thing I wanted to talk about this morning is the vow. We're starting to talk about this in the Thursday night class, the Bodhisattva vow. The fact that it's impossible, I like that because the world is kind of impossible. It's not under my control. So what? <laughs> Here I am, as Luciana said. What am I going to do? How am I going to move? That beings are numberless, way out of control. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> I still vow to try to be of help. Delusions are inexhaustible. Who's mine? <laughs> You know? <laughs> but I'm still going to get out of bed and put the robe on. Whether or not it's visible, that's what you're doing every time you're coming, putting the robe on. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that observation, Luciana. Anybody, anybody here physically have anything that came up? So this, it's beautiful. Luciana, this because it's also, this is what I'm trying to get at when I'm bringing up the word religion, and I know that's a very provocative mm -hmm. word. Um, you know, because some of you may say, well, yeah, I go to the Zen Center. I'm spiritual, but not religious. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> this is a religious practice, but it's not how the mainstream world, unfortunately, seems to have come to understand religion. It has nothing to do with dogma, nothing to do with fundamentalism or any kind of ism, including Buddhism, <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, it's about the body. And what are, we, what are we expounding? What are we expounding with our body? What seeds are we watering? You know, where are we returning? What place? What attitude are we returning to when things get rough? Where do we go? So there's a lot to explore there about this religion that I'm talking about. Um, and then one gate is with this bowing and with what Luciana said about the effort and kind of the weirdness of doing something that's not usual anymore. Maybe there used to be more, it used to be more usual in ancient times. But it hasn't become usual in our utilitarian, you know, commodifying world. 
disembodied, I would say, even, stuck in our head. <clears throat> so this chance to be humble, this is what's coming up. It's a beautiful word, humble, humility. The root in Latin is, means earth. You know, and I've never emphasized so much rest in bowing as I have this morning. And I think it's, it took me back to Ivana's class, Ivana, 10 years ago when we first met in Marblehead, a yoga class. I want to tell the story again. <laughs> Where she said, <laughs> full class of a lot of us white people, white women, <laughs> really type A. <laughs> wanting to get somewhere and it's the end of the class where maybe a lot of people are like okay you know I did all my workout and I feel really good and you know it's time for Shavasana but gotta go and Ivana said okay I want you to all pretend you're Honduran which she is and just relax <laughs> and when she said that I fell in love and here we are 10 years later there's something in there about that teaching that is so zen, but we were in a yoga class. It wasn't a zen class. There was a, a, a familiarity, a recognition, and I think it's become a mutual recognition. When I think about you, Ivana, in the zendo here, I think about that continued exploration of this relaxation. There are no shortcuts in this relaxation. It requires effort. For the most part, you don't go into Shavasana until you've gone through the whole class, all the asanas. Although, I think about Megan <laughs> Kilroy, who would be in Shavasana the whole class, which was also okay, because <laughs> she still had shown up. But this well, effort... Yoga Nidra. Yoga Nidra. So that's the whole Shavasana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, maybe, you know, that might be a difference in the Zen tradition. We do focus on... I mean, I don't know, but on virya, on virya paramita, virya, this energy, this great effort. You know, at least maybe in yoga you feel like you might feel something really happening in your body. I think over time in Zen we do feel something shift. And maybe other people, sangha members, this is why it's beautiful to practice in sangha, other Sangha members might reflect that back to us. You know? When we might not see it in ourselves, others might, might notice. But in Zen, we're always talking about no attainment. So why do we show up? You know, what is the point? And I'm always, always deeply moved by this because when you show up, there's some part of you that hasn't yet been commodified you know, or um, colonized, that's still free, free from, you know, grasping, free from wanting to get something, wanting to be something. So with the bowing, back to the bowing, it's like, you know, and furthermore, in this practice of non-attainment, there's 
so much assistance right here. And we're expressing that too when we're expounding the Dharma in our body, when we raise our palms like this. Yeah. This is, this can be, traditionally it's understood, um, elevating the feet of Buddha. Raising up Buddha. You know, yeah, honoring awakening. Honoring awakening in the world and joining into that party, <laughs> being part of the dance of awakening, which we already are, but noticing it and enjoying it. And it's also this honoring awakening. You feel the assistance of the wind right now? Do you hear it? Um, <clears throat> this is also help me help please help me my friend Benita here Buddha you take this shit I'm tired of carrying it around my whole life here and you know any good therapist will tell you that <clears throat> it's an act of confidence and trust to ask for help because already the healing's happening when you ask. You're not going to ask just into the void. And then as someone said, <clears throat> help is not on the way when you ask for it. Help is not on the way. Help is the way. <laughs> You're already doing it. You're already helping and asking for help. So those are just a few thoughts about bowing. I'm really, really happy to be able to explore this with you again in person and to have the creative opportunity to bridge the gulf here. You know, to, it feels creative to, uh, to be here and to be here. <clears throat> um, let me just, uh, just pause right there. Shikantaza. Just sitting means just opening. It means just receiving it all, without exception. Just receiving it all. Receiving the help that's right here, that's right here, that's right here. The help that's coming out, the help that's coming in, the help that's just right here. Okay. Any, any comments, questions, thoughts? I'm gonna turn this around again. I hope it's okay, I'm not really, there's wood rubber things here, so I don't think it's gonna scrape the floor. I'm gonna turn it around so you can see people, so that you're part of the circle here. It's not perfect, there's Seitetsu. <laughs> Hi. Okay, we got that side of the room, it's not perfect, but you're in the circle. Okay, any comments, anything anybody wants to share? What's that? Nobody's talking. Nobody's talking, Wayne, including you. You were so vocal on Friday uh, in the library. I was very interested about permanence. When you were talking about that, I think that's um, something that I really feel a lot about. Yes. I think what it is with impermanence is there's a lot of fear involved in that, and especially death. There's yeah. a lot of fear, especially if 
you have a, a very comfortable life and everything's going well for you. I think sometimes these thoughts from in my mind, my situation was that one day everything's going to just stop. It's going to end. When everything's going good, you have a good career, got to have a great relationship, and you love your job, and you have a lot of friends, and it just hits you. Those thoughts in your mind, one day it's all going to end. You can't escape old age, you can't escape death. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's like fear in a way, like, you, you know, it's like anxiety that one day it's all going to end your, your life and that you've been really enjoying with your wife, with your husband and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's really anxiety and it's hard to overcome it at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was reading a quote, it says, you can't fully embrace life until you understand and accept death. Yes. Yes, Wayne. Scary. And that it's yeah. And Scary. then also this is what we're studying mm -hmm. with our bodies. Mm -hmm. This yeah. And so you know, it may be true that there's only so much we can talk about it, that we that talking is part of it. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. you know, part of the study is also opening to the possibility, like allowing our bodies, our sensing breathing bodies, to also be part of this study that it doesn't stay as an intellectual endeavor. So, one of the great koans, and to shift out of thoughts, that realization that oh, it's, it's all going to end. My life is going to, as I know it, and this body, as people know it, wearing this wonderful green, <laughs> your green robe, <laughs> all that, one of these days is going to be gone so. So to shift out of the anxiety of that and more into a kind of determination to, okay, knowing I'm going to die, how do I want to live? How do I use the time that I have? A hundred percent. You know, I find it very helpful to turn the question, you know, like if we say we're too busy, like there's that famous thing, like, if you're too busy to sit a half an hour, sit an hour. Have you heard that? <laughs> so, because if you say, oh, I'm too busy to sit, it's like, well, maybe you're being, you know, used by time. <laughs> Instead of being used by time, use time. What does it mean to use time? What does it mean to use life, to fully actualize this life, to fully actualize the time that we have? Um, so, yes, you know, impermanence is the greatest teacher. Yeah. And naming it death. Absolutely. And His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, calls meditation a rehearsal process for dying. Mm -hmm. You know, that here we are. It's because we could see death as the ultimate letting go. Yes. Let's practice it now. The Zen people were so like, uh, what do you call it? Dramatic. It's like an opera, operatic. <laughs> There's an image for settling the great matter means when it's your time, when your last breath comes, don't be like crabs trying to scramble out of a bucket. <laughs> it's an intense image. Blanche would talk, my teacher would talk about that. Let's not be surprised. Is there, I mean, you know, I want to be careful about this because I've never died. So I mean, there's only so much 
I, we can say, except there is something about, you know, and some of us are actively taking up, getting closer. Oh, last night, Wangari, one of your songs, last night. Hi, Wangari. <laughs> so this is a little bit awkward, excuse me. There is a practice, let me just name this right now, of keeping the eyes down and respecting each other's space. So excuse me. I did want to say um, I was, last night, a few of us, and it was a full barn over in, uh, where were we? Oh, Moraine Farm. And it was a farm-to-table dinner, and Wangari, our beloved Sangha member, Wangari was singing. One of the songs, <laughs> I cry. I do this a lot, I cry. <laughs> One of the songs, Wangari, was the song about come closer. That song? Yeah? There's a song about coming closer, come closer. And I think it's in Kikuyu, maybe. And um, that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're aiming to do. Come closer to everything and everyone especially the people who make us nervous, come closer. Mm -hmm. The people who are different from us. I said at a conference that Wangari was at, the um, Future of American Buddhism conference, when someone was talking about engaged Buddhism. It's like for me, racial justice as a white person is about coming closer, <laughs> coming closer to people who are not white, you know? Coming to everybody, coming closer to any kind of difference I perceive, come closer. And our, so our practice within our, within our own body about the things that we maybe feel are, are different from other people, like I have certain things about me that make me different from other people, I might be a little bit in the closet around that. <laughs> you know, to bring that part of me out of the closet, to come closer. You know, in other words, nothing to reject. Nothing to reject. I put death right up there with sex, money, anger. Yeah, all these, these strong, powerful realities in human life that make us nervous. <laughs> you know, and money we, don't, we haven't talked about as much. I love to talk about money. <laughs> oh, by the way, donate. <laughs> Uh, maybe I do want to just spend one minute letting you know we, uh, well, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. Anyway, it's an ongoing conversation. Bring everything forward. There is no place the practice doesn't reach. There's nothing that's not worthy of our love and our care. That's all. And there are so many different instances to experience that. That was so cool in that barn last night to feel that. Yes. Okay, Wayne, thank you. Thank you very much for speaking. The conversation is ongoing. <laughs> okay, maybe one last thought? Or Chris, welcome back. It's good to see you. Reporting in. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so onward we go. So you feel it? Each week we're more and more settling. You know, 
It's wonderful that we have this Zoom set up. Thank you so much, Sitetsu and Ivana, again, for getting that going. Um, oh, the password is here. Did you know that? So maybe next week we might even, maybe. But every week, better and better. <laughs> every moment, better and better. But we don't attach to that. <laughs> okay, so to end, to end the formal part, this is what's going to happen, and this is what will happen every morning. After the Dharma talk, we'll stand and offer three bows, three full bows, and then the Pali refuges, so you keep your chant book close. The Pali refuges are, I think, on page two, or I think that's page two, two or three. Um, and then, and then I'm going to exit so I can get, I can change out of this to be, come back for soji, what's called soji. This is a very important part of the offering the Zen Center's making to the Mahasati Center. We're making a, a, a cash offering, Dana Paramita, mm -hmm. every month. Happily, it's so, so grateful to be here and to share space and to share traditions in a way, to interact, you know, it's beautiful. And then also we want to make offerings by helping to care for the physical space. Soji, temple cleaning. And it's a way to be in relationship with our bodies, with the space, with the brooms, with the rags, with the cushions. And it gives us an opportunity, I think Julia's on today, to make tea, right? We have coffee, we have a coffee pot. I don't know if we have coffee filters. <laughs> Maybe next week. <laughs> But um, so that we can have tea together. So hoping that you'll, you'll stick around, that between Ivana, Setetsu, Emily, we can, the supply closet is toward the kitchen and I can help too. Mm -hmm. Oh, and one person or two people cleaning the bathrooms, caring for the space in silence. It's such a beautiful thing you know, in silence. And you might, I don't know, you might want to do this at home. <laughs> we never did this on Zoom, Chris. <laughs> or, you know, make yourself a nice breakfast, you know, something, yes, okay. Uh, in silence, you know, kitchen practice is always chopping the carrot. You really see the orange. You really feel the here, the chop chop of the knife. It's powerful. You can really commune with a toilet, too. I know it's weird, but, you know, I just said, there's no place the practice doesn't reach. There's nothing to reject. It's all part of that life. When we talk about the, the end, so there's nothing outside that. You know, there's no inside outside. That's why the Enso is not a perfect circle. It's got that opening. That's the opening of the flow. There's no inside that's set and no outside that's set. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll do a little bit of soji and then we'll have time just to have tea and just talk, okay? So please join us. We're going to stand now for the Pali Refuges, beginning with the bows. Thank you. <clears throat> We hope you enjoyed this episode. This podcast is made possible by donations from listeners like you. For more information or to donate, please go to www.zencenternorthshore.org. Thank you.